but you have to know when Paul wrote this verse, it's in a Roman dominated government who they persecuted Christians that hated Jesus, that hated Jesus. And when you said Jesus is Lord, and if you said it too loudly, you were killed. Welcome to the Breaking Chains podcast, where we are unified in God's word, reaching, teaching, strengthening, and nurturing both those who know Jesus and those who are shackled in bondage, looking for freedom through the blood of Christ. I'm your host, Philip Skeens, here to share with you today what the Lord has put on my heart that will prayerfully help each of you in your own special way. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Breaking Chains podcast, another edition. Uh, here we come live from the upper room at Russ Church. I'm joined today with Pastor Robert Wyatt. Pastor, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, good day at work, uh, and now get to talk about God's Word. You're looking good today, man, wearing this, the sporty, uh, the spiffy purple shirt. I know, purple. I like, I like purple. Pur- I've heard... I've. I've been told purple's been my color. I I can wear purple. Purple uh, is kind of a sign of royalty, and now you know. Yeah. Well, we. we uh, I'm not royalty. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're sporting Jesus's color today. Yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, uh, it's just us two today, so um, pretty excited to be here with you, and uh, I think we have just a uh, an important message today, but it's a message that. Um, you know, a lot of us need to hear, and that's uh, the salvation message. Yeah. So I don't think we have a lot to uh, to get into today. We don't have any backgrounds, not a lot of announcements other than breaking chains every Friday night at 6 o'clock here at Rush currently. But as we said last week, it's getting warm. It's getting warm. It's getting warm where we're able to start going, going to, like, the park or things like that to where... We're able to enjoy the sunshine and not be trapped. I, I I I love Rush, and it's and it's a place where we can gather and circle around. But it's something about that warm sunshine. It's just something about fellowshipping inside's great because yes. we got a nice, beautiful table here to yes. sit around and and eat pizza on and stuff. But yes. there's really something special about being in the park or being outside and and fellowshipping and learning about you know god and what he's doing in his own creation that go the great outdoors mm-hmm. but then you've got the just the fun you know the the games and the cornhole and volleyball or whatever it is cookouts uh summer's gonna be great this year yeah Can't yeah wait. especially for three weeks for me i'll be <laughs> i'll be i'll be on my honeymoon phil <laughs> Well, yeah, the the honeymoon month. Yeah. Just, you might as well call it a month. Yeah, you might as well call it a month because it's basically <laughs> what it is. Gonna make you call in every Friday night. <laughs> well, I could I could say probably when we're at Disney, probably that's a no go. But on the cruise, as long as like service is not like. We're out of the country at that point on Fridays where it's like extra for like data and all that crap. Uh, I mean, you could you could share Mickey Mouse with Breaking Chains. 
I mean, I hear Mickey over the phone. Uh, <laughs> we'll put a big speaker in here. Depending on what park, maybe. I, uh, we might be going to the Animal Kingdom that day, so uh, you get to be breaking chains with all the par- with all the animals. Just, just go to the lion's den. <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear the roar. Uh, uh, yeah, so today's message, um, <clears throat> the salvation message, and really... We live in a really dangerous world. Um, not only the physical threats that are in the world everywhere you go, but the spiritual threats in the world and the, the lack of biblical knowledge that is shared through the world. And, and you look at Facebook and YouTube and TikTok especially and Instagram and Twitter, all the social media that we have, TV, um, televangelists. There's a lot of people that are teaching, and I won't use the word preaching. They're teaching things that are dangerous to people. Um, when, when we teach people that there's no sin in the world or in your life or we teach people that you don't really need to ask for forgiveness it's a dangerous world because um, that's not biblical that is not what we're told in God's word so that's what we're going to talk about today because there's a lot of confusion with people um they don't know what to believe and what is salvation and how do I get it and how do I know that I've got it and what is faith and what is belief? What's the difference? And so there's a lot of things out there that we want to cover and go over today straight from God's word. Yeah. And, and we kind of start probably the most famous scripture of all and it's John 3:16. And that's where we're going to start today. And then we'll kind of build a base of of why why there was a salvation plan and when did it start? And and I think you know just just stick with us because um I think we're all going to learn a lot today. And we just ask that uh why don't you why don't you open in prayer for us, um, for the listeners, mm-hmm. and um, just to open mm-hmm. everyone's minds and open their hearts to really receive what the message that we believe that God has given us to share. Absolutely, <sighs> dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to give thanks. We want to come with thankful hearts. Yes. Lord, we can't even imagine. Even the, like, my worst thought is is not even close to what you actually went through. Mm-hmm. When you went and you drugged the cross a mile, were lashed 40 times, unrecognizable, being nailed to the tree, and hung up there for hours. 
I can't even imagine. But Lord, you did that for each and every one of us. Thank you, Jesus. You did that so that way we could have eternal life with you and the Father. Because we're all sinners. But you chose us for such a time as now. Yes. Lord, I just pray that as we talk about the salvation message in John 3.16 and all the other scriptures that follow, Lord, I just pray for ears to hear and, and hearts to be open because you knock on every man and woman's heart and you are, you are right there for each and every one of these people listening. Yes. And we just give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you're listening today and you can grab your Bible, grab some paper, pull up the phone app, mark some scripture, or come back and listen to it when you can, because we're going to go through a lot of scripture today, because that's where the message comes from. It's biblical. We're going to talk about it straight from the word, what the word says. And these are important scriptures to hold on to. So without further ado, John 3, 16 and 17, uh, Pastor. All right, so this is John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Uh, that four in verse 16, for God, mm-hmm. that four is a conjunction Yes. where it goes to the previous verse where it connects 15 with 16. It says, uh, so that four is basically a because God loved the world and this happens. So they're, they're connected. And I think that verse 15 is just as powerful as 16 and 17. It says that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life for God. So loved the world that he gave his only, his one and only son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And that is for each and every one of us who believe in him may have eternal life because God so loved the world. He gave his only one and only son so that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He repeats himself. And so I just thought that that was, that was just a nice, cool little correlation. No, absolutely. And, uh, and you know, you, we talk about this too. And for people that don't know, and thanks for bringing it up because, you know, in the original text, there was no chapters and verses. Mm-hmm. You know, we we break it down, you know, the, the translators broke it down into chapters and verses to make it a little easier to read than just one long scroll, right? Yes. So, you know, those conjunctions are very important in a lot of scripture to keep it... Um, to keep it in harmony and 
and really make it connect from one to the next. So thanks for pointing that out. But we're going to go back to um, John 1, verses 1 through 5 right now. And, and it goes all the way back to be, it's talking about the beginning right here. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, the word already existed. And I'm reading from the, the NLT. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So John's talking about the beginning of the creation back in Genesis. Because that's exact, it's really what Moses wrote back in Genesis from God. So now we know that God so loved the word, the world, sorry, and how much he loved the world, and that Jesus, the word, was with God back in the beginning of time, as we know it. I like verse 5. I know we, uh, God bless you. Uh, I like verse 5, though, because it says we have victory in Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That, right. That's my translation. And I, and that gives me hope, because no matter how down I feel and, and how much the enemy wants me to feel and mope around and things like that, I know that there is no darkness that has overcome the light, and the light is in me because Jesus is in me, and he has overcome the world. And so if he lives in me then I have the ability to overcome the darkness right. in and of itself. And I have victory in that because the battle's already won. I may lose wars along the, I may lose battles along the way, but the war is already won. Right. Uh, and also the King James, um, it states, and the darkness comprehended it not. And, and I really like that because, you know, if you go back to the beginning, um, the darkness was there. It was already there, but God created the light and separated the light from the darkness and the darkness never comprehended. Hey, what's, what's going on here? And, and you can, you know, that's a pretty deep study, but you can get into that. And it's, it's not only the light as we know in the darkness, there's a spiritual battle and, and the darkness was kind of the ruler, um, at that time because, uh, and I don't want to get into that because I don't want to detract from the message, but the darkness didn't comprehend what was going on. Hey, what's what's this light? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I love that verse. I love that whole, those verses, but I love where it says the light shines in darkness because where there's light, it cancels darkness. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in a dark room and you turn on the light, guess what? There's no darkness. Yep. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go on because we're just kind of setting this up so we can understand some of the the footwork uh, before we get into really the meat of today's um, 
message. Matthew 1, 20 and 21. Do you have that? I'm getting there. Matthew 1, 20 and 21. Yeah, okay. I'm there. And, and this talks about Joseph in preparation for um, the birth of Christ. So Matthew 1, 20 and 21. But after he had pondered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to embrace Mary as your wife. For the one conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So the angel came and revealed to Joseph um, that the baby Mary was carrying was of the Holy Spirit. It's a divine conception. And then... The angel revealed what the name was going to be, the sex of the baby, and what the mission was. The angel said to name the baby Jesus, which means um, Jehovah's salvation, or can be translated as Jehovah the Savior. So proceeding after that, the angel said, that the newborn Jesus was sent to the earth to do what? To free his people from their sins. Mm -hmm. So Jesus was coming as Jehovah himself. And we know Jehovah from the Old Testament is the I am. I am who I am is what he told Moses. Taking the form of flesh to save the people from something for something. So... He came to save you, Robert, and me, and everyone else from something, and we know that's to be the sins. And, and we can look at um, Ephesians 2, 5, and 6 for that. And then for something, Ephesians 2, 10, um, really 4 through 10. So we are to carry out, once we're freed from sins that we are born in because of the fall of man and Adam and Eve. We're to carry out the purpose for which God created us, and that is to share the good news of God's grace. When we fulfill this purpose that he's given us, and we are in the hands, when we fulfill the purpose, then we are the hands and feet of Christ in this world showing God's love through everything that we do while we're walking the face of this earth that's our actions and that comes from Ephesians 2 verses 4 through 10 I'll read this one but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. And we already looked at how much he loved us. He gave his only begotten son. Verse 5. That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it's only by God's grace that you and I 
can be saved. Verse 6. For, there's that word for again. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. I love that. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long, long ago. I love how these uh, connect because all of, all of it connects. Uh, we are, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, one and only son. He loved the world that much and didn't want anybody, you or me or anybody else listening, to die and have the eternal damnation of hell. That's right. And uh, and to be to be tortured and and everything. So he sent his son, as Matthew one talks about, it, to uh, to Mary, the Virgin Mother, uh, who was conceived, who, who Jesus was conceived through the Holy Spirit. Uh, and said, and for to save our sins, to save us from our sins. Right. And then John 1 talks about that he is the light of the world. The world, the word was with God. In the beginning, the word was God. The word was with God and, and Jesus, all, all that. Right. And then the light shall over, the light shines in the darkness and no darkness can overcome it saying that there's victory because he he's defeated it when he died on the cross for us That's for right. giving everything up and then in ephesians 2 it talks about what we do well jesus when 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 we give our lives for salvation it's not by anything that we do it's everything that he's already done that's right that's why it says in verse 9 it's not by our works it's by his it's by what he's already done through it and there's victory because Jesus is already the victor. That's right. And so, and it's everything to do with Jesus is living now in my heart. And he's created me as a masterpiece to do what he wants, his good works for me to do. That he's prepared long ago before I even was born or even thought of. And so... I love how all of this connects because there is there is a way that Jesus is that we love to like shove everything. Like I look at it as like that elementary, that elementary thing where you have all the different <laughs> shapes, where yeah. you have the circle, you have the square, yep. you have the triangle. We all have that Jesus space that we love to fill everything in 
besides him. And believe me, I was there. I filled a lot of stuff in that Jesus square. And some of it worked temporarily. The round shape would go in the square shape. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me how I know that. Yeah. I just know that. <laughs> but uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff we like to fill in that Jesus hole. And some of that stuff would work temporarily, but it would it would not be everlasting as as Jesus would be and and is. And and so and when we surrender our life to Jesus, I love that he hears us and that he is willing and able to come into us. And dine with us mm -hmm. and into our hearts and we are forever changed. And since the light is in us, who can be against us? And I just want to encourage you all. It's been 12 years. It's almost 12 years now that I've been fully surrendered to the Lord. Amen. And... And I could tell you that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. The the word says that the the word the, there's been some trials. Cuz the enemy doesn't want cuz as soon as you surrender your life to Jesus there's a target on your back cuz the enemy hates you mm -hmm. because the enemy does not want you to be an advocate for the Lord because when you're an advocate for the Lord more people hear his message and more people are saved and are not deceived by the deceiver. That's right. And so that is why we're here. That is why we, we have this podcast. This That is why we are doing this is because this is the ultimate message of salvation, of surrendering your life to Jesus. Sorry, I got away from the verse there, but no, you're, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. But it, that's, that's a good point. And you have to look at why we're doing this. One, we're doing this because we're called to do it. Mm -hmm. But two, we're doing it because we love everybody. And because we love everybody with God's love, because we just read, for God so loved the world, every man that's alive on this planet and has been and will be. God so loved the world. Well, when we are in Christ, we are to love with God's love. That's that's what we're told. And if if God doesn't want anybody to go to hell and and be confined to total condemnation for eternity, then we have to want that too. It has to be our will, right? that nobody perishes because that's God's will. So that's why we're doing this is we want to, we want to make it understandable and really let people know the message because if God loved, we love love is the greatest commandment of all. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So, we're going to go quickly to Romans 5. And, and again, we're still building. 
So we're still going to go through some of these. There's a couple more scriptures to go through. And then we're really going to talk about um, the, the six pieces of... <laughs> we've been talking about the different pieces of God's armor, but now we're going to talk to pieces of salvation. <laughs> um, Romans 5, verses 8 and 9. You have that? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. But God proves his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from the wrath through him? That's kind of just what I already got done talking about. Yes. <laughs> the message of the cross, the blood of Christ. And, and the thing is, is it's not understood by those who refuse to believe. Yes. You'll never understand it because mm -hmm. you can't understand it without the belief. Yep. I jumped ahead a little bit. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's exactly what 1 Corinthians one eighteen tells us is the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. Yes. Who are those who's headed for destruction? The ones who don't believe. Yes. But we who are being saved know, and, and I want to stop right there, but we who are being saved, being is a continual process, being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. And, and I really like what the Believer's Commentary says about this verse, these verses. And, and it says, To those who are being saved, the gospel is the power of God. They hear the message, they accept it by faith, and the miracle of regeneration takes place in their lives. Notice the solemn fact, and I'm still reading from this commentary, Notice the solemn fact in this verse that there are only two classes of people. Those who perish and those who are saved. There is no in-between. There is no fence straddling. You're either saved or you perish. Mm -hmm. There is no in-between class. Men may love their human wisdom, but only the Gospels lead to salvation. And now we're talking about God's salvation. And, and God's plan of salvation was prophesied all the way back to the beginning of the Bible. As far back as history records it. And the Bible is a collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses that lived in the time of other eyewitnesses. So it is a historical record and account of history. Just so we're clear on that. In the account of Genesis, when Eve was beguiled or fooled, um, deceived by the devil, the fall of mankind, that's when it occurred. God said this to the serpent, Satan. In Genesis 3.15, so we're going to go all the way back to Genesis. And I will cause hostility, or enmity as the King James says, between you and the woman, 
and your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. And and I did not know this, but in this study, this verse is really considered the first gospel. He's talking about Jesus. Yes. Jesus is going to strike yes. his that's head. Right. And, and, and that's why I said it was, it was prophesied all the way back to the beginning mm-hmm. of our account of history. It predicts that there's going to be hostility between Satan and mankind and between Satan's seed uh, and her seed, which is goes all the way to the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Yep. And Jesus Christ, we, we talked about, he suffered, he died, he rose again from the dead. And when he did, he claimed the victory over sin, hell, and the grave. Satan, the enemy. So as you said earlier, the victory has been won. Yep. God promised the Messiah at that point, and then he dealt with Adam and Eve, giving their sentence and consequences for their action. But the first thing he said was, I'm going to deal with you. And he proclaimed the messianic message at that time. And Jesus was tempted just like anyone else, probably even greater, because I don't know about you, I don't remember Satan tempting me three times in no. in a wilderness. No. Uh, uh, With a greater temptation. Yes. Three consecutive times. Yes. And Jesus uh, said, use the word to, to uh, derail the, the enemy's attack. For it is written. For it is written time after time after time. And, uh, and so all these, he, 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 there's no temptation that he, he does not know. He knows your heart. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows everything about you. He just wants you to come to him. That's right. He wants you to come. He's that he's the Abba father. He's already, he's forgiven you. And the price has already been paid for everything that you've done. Everything that I've done. Mm -hmm. And anything that I will do as I'm here on this earth, because I'm once I, once I, once I'm uh, saved, that doesn't mean that, oh, I'm doing everything 100% perfect. That's right. If I did put a medal on me, because (laughs) I'm, uh, I already know that I've, since 12 years, I can tell you countless things that I've sinned. We don't have time for that. <laughs> and, and so, and, and I know that I'm not going to be perfect for how many years that the Lord has me on this earth. Right. That's the thing is that you don't have to be perfect. You got to come as you are. And he's going to meet you right where you're at. Because he loves you that much. That's right that he gave his son up to die on the cross for all sin, for everyone, for your, for you mm-hmm. and for your time and to do what he wants you to do for your life. Cause you will be forever changed. That's right. I promise you. Absolutely. 
And God not only stated his plan to Adam and Eve and Satan in the garden, but he also announced it to Abram in Genesis uh, 12. He revealed it to the prophets. Mm-hmm. And and in 1 Peter, it tells us that he revealed it to the prophets. Yep. But we know from the, from the prophetic books that... Um, A Messiah is coming. Hundreds of yes. different scriptures. Um, he showed it in Christ's birth in Luke 1. He mm-hmm. proclaimed it to all of Israel and Zechariah. He extended it to the Gentiles in Acts. Yep. And he accomplished Thank goodness it. for that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and he accomplished it on the cross as we in John uh, 3, 14 and 15 that you read a while ago. But the question is, once I get my salvation, am I done? Am I good to go? The answer is no. I think I said no. I think I said no. <laughs> I, I, in a roundabout way, I said no as it you was. You did. I'm going to say no. It's the beginning. And, and what does that mean? Receiving the salvation through, for the, through Jesus Christ it's not the end of the process of being saved. It's the beginning of a lifelong process of being continually shaped into the people that God intends us to really be. And this becomes, and this really means becoming more and more like Christ. And it's something that we do in a grateful thanksgiving of our salvation. As we become more like Christ, God works through us to share Christ's love and grace to the world. It goes back to what we said earlier. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. We are doing this to share Christ's love and grace, God's grace with the world because we love you. All right. One more thing we've got to discuss before we get to the next part. And, and this is where there's a lot of confusion. Believing versus faith warranted the same thing. They're they're connected. And but they're not identical. They're not the same thing. So when we talk about belief or believing, it's based on the information we receive. And what and faith is more of the application. Well, that's confusing. What does that mean? So faith is more defined. It's defined, if you look up, is the complete trust or confidence in some, someone or something. Mm-hmm. And as Hebrews 11.1 1 states, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Okay? Faith means we have full confidence in God, and that causes us to act which means there's an application that you take action on. Believing or belief, if you look at Merriam-Webster's uh, definition, is something that is accepted and considered to be true. It's something believed. So when you believe something, you acknowledge it as the truth. So they're, they're, you can see kind of how they, they differ. They're different a little bit. 
You can believe there is a God that created the heaven and earth, but fail to have faith that by the blood of Christ you can be saved. In the same way, you can believe it's possible for a person to dive off of a 172-foot tall cliff, which is the world high dive record, into a body of water, and a person can live to tell about it. That's believing that it, it happened and it, and it can happen. And that's drastically different than having faith to go do it yourself. Okay, so that's, that's, they're very connected, but they're different. Faith requires you to take action on what you believe. And this is what we talk about when we say, show it, don't tell me. So how do I get saved? There's six things we're going to talk about here. And, and the first one is the Holy Scripture. The Word of God. By no means is this like a six-step process. Absolutely not. Yes. This is just <laughs> this is just a nice, helpful tool because the Lord can do anything. Because the Lord, I've heard countless stories of the Lord That's just right. hitting people in their living room and just coming down on their knees and just surrendering their life. And so... The Lord can do anything that he wants to. That's right. So before we get into those six steps, I just wanted to just reiterate, even though we know that it's not a six-step process, That's that right. you do these six things and then, oh, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. No, you, nope. have, to, you have to believe and have faith. That's and right. Go do it. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you, that's that's good for clarifying that. And, and it's really, it shouldn't say, how do I get saved? It should be, um, here's six things, right, that yeah. we really need to, to focus on, right, in our salvation. Yes. Um, and, and these are in no order, but the first one we want to talk about is the Scripture, the Holy Scripture. And we're going to start here in 2 Timothy 3. 15 through 17 from infancy from infancy there we go you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus all scripture is god breathed and is useful for instruction for how, conviction how, how much of the scripture all scripture Oh, okay. I was wondering why this sounded familiar. I needed to know <laughs> that for the, the 16th fundamental truth. I'm like, I know this scripture. Uh, all scripture is God breathed and is used for instruction, for conviction, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, fully equipped for every good work. So Timothy was taught the Holy Scriptures from his childhood, he was taught by his Jewish grandmother and his mother, and their names were Lois and Eunuch, uh, Eunice, sorry. Uh, and we're told that in Acts 16. And these were the Old Testament scriptures that he was taught from his childhood. Okay, so the Old Testament scriptures gave the wisdom to receive, and in turn, Jesus Christ is needed to understand the Old Testament scriptures. In a verse 16, Paul states, all scriptures and, and that's why i stopped you because it's like you know we can't just take part of the scripture all scriptures mm -hmm. are inspired by god god literally breathed out the words 
and then they were written down by man. Scripture is true, it's reliable, it's consistent, it's authoritative, it's permanent, and it's powerful because it came from God himself. And the message contained in Scripture is always coherent and is consistent in the testimony of Jesus Christ. And we just, we just spoke about all the way back to the beginning of Genesis. It's consistent from that point all the way to the end of Revelation. Yep. 100%. And the second piece uh, that we're going to talk about is believing or belief. And we're going to look at Romans 10, 10, because you said, um, well, go, you know, Romans 10. I know Romans 12. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, now you're going you're gonna to learn Romans 10. <laughs> For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. My version says, with your mouth you confess and you are saved. In verse 10. That the second part of it. Yeah. And uh, I just... Hmm. It, it's a... It, and, but that's the doing. I, be, I, can, I can know that there's a God and I can believe that there's a God. Right. But my faith proclaims it out to say I know you're the the one true God I know that you saved me I know that you died on that cross for me I know in confessing it with from your mouth because the Lord uh, the Lord doesn't need to hear it he already knows what he's done that's right but the Lord wants you to confess it because from the confessions of your mouth you are healed and from the confessions of your mouth you are changed forever because he has now impacted your heart forever. Right. And I've got, I've got something in my notes that says, with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. Yes. So, you're, absolutely. And, and, that's what, um, and that's what Paul states, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, then with the mouth, your confession yes. is made into salvation. Confession is not a condition um, of salvation, but the inevitable outward expression of what has happened. If, uh, and, and it says, if on Jesus Christ you trust, then you have to speak for him. You, you, you can't trust on Jesus and never speak for him. You have to give that that profession of, of faith. And, and when a person really believes on something, of course you want to share it with somebody else. You want to share the, what you, what you know and what you really believe in. So, you know, when you're generally, genuinely, not generally, genuinely born again, believer of Christ, it's too good to keep a secret. You, you, we have to go confess Christ because if we're truly born again in Christ, we, we go back to what we said a while ago, then we love 
our brothers and sisters, our neighbor. It says, love ye the neighbor, right? We have to love everybody. And if we love everybody, then we don't want anybody to perish. So we have to confess Christ. Yep. All right. Faith. John 3, 14 and 15. And I love this. It's, it's what we talked about earlier. And we're going to read it again. Um, we're actually going to read through 18. So 14 through 18. So we can kind of put it all together. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that, any, that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And that's where we really get to. It's verse 18, right? God loved the world. And this is what we've been talking about. The extent of his love is shown by giving that son. There's none other like Jesus. It was one of a kind. It was half God, half man, God in the flesh to come for us. And it doesn't mean that everyone has received salvation because he died on the cross. You must receive what Christ has done for you. Mm-hmm before God will give you the eternal life. So there's a lot of misconceptions out there that says, oh no, Jesus died for your sins. Yes, he did. But not until we accept the gift that he gave. It's not a, and and what I really like is, it's not a future possession. It's now. Yep. You have it now. As soon as you accept him and believe on the Son of God, you have that now. You don't have to wait for it. And the blessings follow. Removing the repentance. And we're going to talk repentance from Mark 1.15. The time promised by God has come at last. He announced, The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. That's what my translation says. What's your say? Repent and believe in the gospel. There Same you go. thing. <laughs> so, well, what does that even mean? We have to turn from sin disobedience, rebellion, and we have to turn to God. 
The word in the Greek <laughs> is metanoia. And that word comes from the root word uh, metanoio. And this means to think differently afterwards. Mm -hmm. So we can't think of the same way or we've never turned the opposite direction from sin to God. It says repent and believe. Yes. So that means that and it's you got to do both. That's right. I, I can't, uh, I can't, because I can say, well, Lord, I believe in you. Oh, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to continue doing what I want to do. That's right. No, it doesn't work like that. God loves you too much. He doesn't want you in your sin. He doesn't want you in all the crap that you're in. That's right. He wants you to think differently and change and say, I'm fully surrendered to him. And that doesn't mean it happens overnight, though. That uh, it's a process. Because once the once he once he puts a good work in you, he will continue that good work until the day of completion. That's right. And that is the day you die, or he comes back, whichever comes first. Pastor James has been preaching on that for yes a couple of weeks. Yes. Uh, and so, so I want you to I want you to know that it's not an overnight thing. Yes, you could you you have a heart that says, "Man, Lord, I don't I don't want these things. I repent from them." But then still struggle with them for years. It, it's you, the Lord knows your heart cuz he wants your heart. It's not that you uh say I believe but I'm purposely going to do these things because I want to do them. There's the difference. Mm -hmm. Because your heart's not changed. Your heart, your heart has changed to say, Lord, I don't want to do these things, but I still struggle with them. Whereas if, if you didn't have a changed heart, you could say, Lord, I don't want to do these things because I like where I'm at right now. And I want to do these things. The, your heart's not changed. Right. And so there's where the repentance and belief come in because it is important to know that Lord, I, I'm, I'm not going to do it right. I'm not, I am not Jesus. I am not God. I'm not, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to mess up. But Lord, I, I want to please you every single day that I wake up, that you give me breath. And I may fail in some occasions, but that is when I turn away and try to think differently afterwards. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that leads us into confession. And we're going to talk confession out of Romans 10 again. Verse 9. One verse. And this really spells it out pretty clear. And that's what I love about just taking the scripture out of the Bible. It's pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe, there's that believe again, in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We have to accept, confess the truth of the incarnation, that 
the baby that was born in a manger in the town of Bethlehem for virgin birth, his name was Jesus, is the Lord of life and glory. And that Jesus of the New Testament is the I am, Jehovah in the Old Testament. And we have to accept the truth of his resurrection because we have to believe this with everything, all of our heart. And, and what does that mean? When you believe something with all of your heart, it's your complete mental capacity, your emotional capacity and decision-making powers. I don't know what that means. So if I'm believing something with all my heart, it's all in. It's not a, it's not just a piece of it. And you have to confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe with your heart. Cause that's what it says. In today's world, it's easy, especially here in America, uh, to say Jesus is Lord. Oh, I said, I said, Jesus is Lord. So this verse says I'm going to heaven, right? <laughs> it's easy. Uh, but you have to know when Paul wrote this verse, it's in a Roman dominated government who they persecuted Christians that hated Jesus, that hated Jesus. And when you said Jesus is Lord, and if you said it too loudly, you were killed for your, for your actions and for what you said. And so when Paul's writing this, if you can't say it, when and know that you could be killed for it mm -hmm. but you don't care you're going to proclaim it that is what that is what paul's writing here mm -hmm. and there's countries today that are like that yes because they hate jesus and so if you can't say it and know that my goodness that I could be killed for saying this, but I don't care. I'm going to proclaim Jesus is Lord no matter what. If you can't, if you can't get it to that place, that and that's the all your heart, because Jesus has consumed you. That's right. And it's not a bad thing. Because it's the best, it's the greatest decision you will ever make. I was a terrible person before <laughs> Jesus. Uh, as we all were yeah but so i just want to give you a little background that there was a roman government that hated jesus and persecuted christians as paul's writing this mm -hmm. and when paul's writing jesus is lord it is saying all of your heart and it is saying you're saying this knowing that you could be killed for it and, and you think about that i mean because it was a totally different time and you just went over that, but there's people today that won't accept Jesus because they're afraid that their friends will yeah. not kill them, Yes, but they'll just, well, I don't want to be your friend no more. Yep. You, you, they kill the friendship. Yep. And, and that keeps people from Christ. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, I mean, that's just, and we've all been there, but... I'm here to urge everybody. Yeah, I lost a lot of friends 
when uh, when I dedicated yeah. my life. But I also gained a lot of new ones. And you gained a lot more. Yes. Than you ever lost. Yes. And that's what I want to urge is, look, it's not it's not an easy roadmap. It's not an easy life. It's not what you said earlier. It's not all cherries and roses once you become a child of God. You still have struggles. You still have tribulation. But you have really good friends that hold you up in prayer and help you get through those times. And you have a God of gods that gives you the strength and gives you direction and will help pull you through those times instead of dragging you the other way further and deeper and in the muck and grime of the world. And, you know, it's not easy, but just when you were saying that about the Roman soldiers, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, these, these people confessed with their mouth knowing that the sword could come at any time. Yep. And there's people that won't confess in this country because they're afraid that they'll lose a friend or two or 10 or 12. But I, but I assure you, you will gain more than you ever think about losing when you come to Christ. And not only in this life, but the eternal. Yep. All right, the last piece is the regeneration. And we're going to look at Titus 3.5. And I'll let you read that one. Titus 3.5. He saved us, not by the righteous deeds we had done, but according to his mercy, through the washing of new birth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And this is really important. There's no amount of work that you can do to, to make yourself righteous without accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and believing on him. There's no amount of help. There's no billionaires that can give all their money away and buy their way to heaven. Correct. And, and I love the way that the scripture puts it. And the regeneration is the spiritual rebirth. And it, the Greek word is, I, don't, I probably butcher it, it's uh, polygonesia. You're and, better at that than I am. <laughs> and it means, you get this, the messianic restoration. Mm -hmm. The new birth stresses the communication of the spiritual life in contrast to the previous spiritual death. You're regenerated. You have life versus death. And without Jesus, you're dead. Correct. There, there was an old phrase, you're a walking dead man. Um, you're alive here on this earth, yep. but you're dead in the next life already. Yep. The, in, in Titus 3.5, it talks about the two operating powers that's going to produce the new life. And that's the word of truth yep. that we've been talking about since we started this and the Holy Spirit 
as in John 3. And through the regeneration, that's where God's mercy and power removes the sinners, which was all what's us, from the kingdom of darkness and places in the kingdom of light. Yep. The old must die so the new can rise, as Second yeah. Corinthians says. You, you, you're regenerated so that way your old, your old life, your old life of all your fleshly desires and everything like that die. Mm-hmm. So that way, when Jesus comes in, your new life is now. Uh, so nothing you've done, it doesn't matter what you've done, your old life dies so the That's new right. can rise. That's right. I just have two more scriptures, um, and they're short, that I want to go over. Um, and then you can add anything else that you want. But I want to talk about Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There's only one way. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Those are Jesus' words. That's right. The last one, uh, Titus 2, 11 and 12. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all, how many? All. All people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. That's pretty clear instruction. Yep. Not many ways you could turn that. <laughs> no, it's pretty, it's pretty straight to the point. We have to renounce our sin and rely on Christ. And when we, when we look at what does renouncing sin even mean? When we renounce something, we give it up totally. We refuse to dwell in it. We refuse to obey the sinful thoughts and the desires. That's renouncing. And there's another word that um, is a synonym of renounce. And it's repudiate. And when you repudiate sin, (laughs) you disown it. You refuse to have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. It being sin. I mean, it's pretty clear what we have to do to come to Christ. I really hope this message helps. If it helps one person out there that's listening, yep. it's worth it. Yep. But this is a message that uh, is really close to, to our hearts. We love every one of you. We want to see every person live forever and eternity with, with the Lord. And there's only one way to get there. Worshiping him. Yes, there's only one way to get there, and that's through the salvation message. I love the kid song. It's one way, (laughs) Jesus. 
and I don't know the rest. <laughs> get but you, get but you, get you, get you. But it's like that upbeat song. So I, Pastor Natalie would know it, but <laughs> she's not she's here. She's not here. <laughs> You're on the hook. <laughs> I, I just want to really close, but I want to give... Um, Go back and listen to this another time, two times, three times, until you really get it. If you don't know Christ and you're not a child of God, look, we give scripture by scripture by scripture reference straight out of the God's word of what it says about salvation and what it says about the instructions of what we have to do and how we get to being a child of God. Yep. So I'm going to, I'm not going to say this prayer. I'm going to give the prayer that I wrote down, but, but the prayer is our prayer is that you, when you, when you are ready, if you can't find a sinner's prayer somewhere, and that's what it's called. And we've all said it. That's come to Christ. There is no shame in it. The shame is to continue living in sin, knowing mm -hmm. the truth. And that's the shame before God. So it's not, it's not a time right now to say the prayer because I don't believe that you should ever act out of emotion solely because I think that's where a lot of false converts come in and it's short lived. So, pray about it meditate on it really get your mind right and your heart right to accept the Lord but here's the sinner's prayer and you can play this back and repeat it when you're ready and then we'll close out anything else you want to add no I think that after you read this it's this message is for uh and it's even for me, being uh, I think a it's Christian. for all of us. Yeah, yeah. I, it's not just for unbelievers. It's just a good reminder for believers of what God did for all of us. That's right. And uh, there's nothing we did. It's no. all through his grace. That's right. And it's just a good reminder that I just want to live my life for him. And what he has for me day by day. No, I, I think, thanks for saying that because it's not just, you know, if you're lost and lost being that you're not a child of God yet, you haven't accepted Jesus Christ. That's what we define as lost. So if you're lost and you don't know Jesus Christ, this prayer is for you. This message is for everybody, mm -hmm. myself included. Um, because we're not done. We have to continue tearing until the day that we're called out of this earth. We have to continue working the work that God has set before us. Yep, correct. So the sinner's prayer, Lord Jesus, the one true son of God, I know that I'm a sinner I have learned, and now I understand that I am lost without you. 
I have learned that you love me so much. You came to this earth and died for me. And through your blood that was shed on the cross that I can be saved. I am ready to receive your free gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe you are the Son of God who died for my sins and rose from the dead three days later. Thank you for forgiving my sins and for giving me the gift of eternal life. I openly invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart and be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. In the name of my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, uh, you don't have to do it alone. That's right. We're here. If you're not in the area or in this country, uh, find a church. There, there are there are many churches out there, and uh, they will uh, that are good, Jesus spoken, grounded, truth, biblical, biblical that will help you grow. Uh, do not try to do this on your own because the enemy is good and he will deceive you and and or torture you to where you just say I don't even want to do this anymore that's right and uh, neither one of us want to see that happen no so I encourage you to find a biblically sound church and plug yourself in and watch the transformation in your life happen it's a transformation that you can't comprehend none of us could until we started going through it and find a church we would love to hear from you go to our website fill out the contact form if you need prayer and you, you just said this and you need prayer to support you fill out the prayer request it's breakingchains.me. There's a big blue button up on the top right-hand corner for prayer requests. We would love to pray for you. We love you. And we just want to see you get the best that God has given. And, you know, live a godly life on this earth. Yep. We love you guys. Uh, I hope you guys have a good uh, rest of your day. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Yep. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of Breaking Chains. Be sure to head on over to our website at breakingchains.me. That's breakingchains.me and see all the good things that's going on over there. If you need prayer, you can submit your prayer request over there as well. And if you haven't done so, be sure to subscribe to our podcasts and daily devotions so that you can receive everything that the Lord gives us to share with you. 
Until the next time, God bless us all with the strength to break those chains.